have conversation. Me and you can have a conversation. I think it's time we had a conversation. This is the final conversation. Uncle Mike, I love your book. Um, <laughs> Thank I want, you. I want to talk about the process of the writing of the book uh, before I get into the book. Actually, okay. Did you Did you enjoy the process of writing this, of getting oh, this God. book? It was great to go back. I didn't know that I was going to write a book like this because everybody has been saying, "Listen, you need to write a book. You need to write a book," and this is just a prelog of the actual book that I'm going to write about my career. Oh, okay, and okay. It just so happened I started with my upbringing. Mm -hmm. If you remember in the book, the young man who came into my courtroom. Right, at the beginning, the prologue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I want, I'm going to talk about that too. That was the basis of me doing it from the time of my birth until high school. Okay, now... um. Well, that just opened that. So you do plan on writing another book? Two more. Two more. And I, are, are you currently writing? Are you currently thinking I, about it? or I'm is, uh, in the process of writing the second book, which is my college days. Okay. Now, um, when you were writing this, getting this process, um, now you had to, now, were you, when you were getting the stories out, how did you get the stories out? Were you saying it on the mic? Were you recording it? Were you writing it down? Longhand. Um, you were just writing it down and Long just keeping, keeping notes? Like, you probably had a whole stack of notes? Oh, yeah. Probably, yeah. You know. Okay. Uh, and you I, wrote it yourself? Did I? You wrote it all yourself? Of course. Okay. I wrote it, and then I had it typed up, and then Jaden edited it. Oh, okay. Who was okay. Jaden? My granddaughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um... So uh, now, the name of the book, "Order My Steps." Yes. Now, why why that title, "Order My Steps"? <laughs> it's a story behind that that will be in the original book when I do it. Uh -huh. But basically, what it is, when I was on the bench, mm -hmm. the chief judge called me to his chambers and asked me to. Go to well. He said he need a favor, and I said, "Of course, Chief. Whatever you need, let me know." Mm -hmm. He said, "I want you to go to juvenile court." I said, "Oh Lord, not me! You can send me to marriage court. You can send me to night court. You can send me to bond court. But please don't ask me to go to ju juvenile court." He said, "Well, just just think about it. Mm. Think about it, and let me know with your decision." In a couple of days. That was great to hear him say that because I figured I can get back to my chambers and call my political Chinaman mm -hmm. and say, undo this shit. <laughs> I ain't going to juvenile court. So when I got back, I called John Strozier, who said, Mike, <sighs> think about it. You can't embarrass the chief judge. He needs you. I said, this ain't flying. Then <laughs> I called George Dunn, who was the president of the county mm -hmm. board. 
he said the same thing. But what got me was while I was in my chambers, mm -hmm. legendly supposed to have two days to think about it, my clerk come in, this was a Wednesday, with the Thursday morning Tribune, with the headline said, Judge Stuntley go to juvenile court. <laughs> I was so mad, I didn't know what to do. So I wrote a letter to the chief judge, told him I was retiring. I was taking my vacation, and at the end of my vacation, I was quitting. Mm. Picked all of my stuff up, went to Vegas, was having a good time in Vegas. When I got a phone call from Dr. Barge, I'll never forget. Dr. Barge said, congratulations, I heard you got a promotion. <laughs> so she knew I didn't find that funny. Mm. She said, you know what? Let me say something to you. You have to be careful when you ask the Lord to order your steps. And when you ask him to order your steps, you got to be obedient. She said, I didn't know you don't want to go to juvenile court. But God wants you to go there. Mm. I thought about what she said. Yeah, I said, I'll give it a try. After being in juvenile court two weeks, I realized I should have been there the whole time. Wow. So the agreement was go to juvenile court for one year, and you can have any position you want in the circuit court. That's awesome. After being in juvenile court one year, the chief judge came back to me and said, where you want to go? I said, I want to stay right here. I don't mm. want to go nowhere. So that's where the order mm. my steps come from. Wow. Okay. I, I learned that if you ask the Lord to order your steps, you got to be obedient. It may not be what you want, mm -hmm. but it's what the Lord wants for you, and you got to, got to do it. So ever since that day, I don't make statements about what I want to do, what I don't want to do and everything. I ask the Lord to direct my path and let me know what he would have me to do. But that's how the title came about. What are my steps? So this is the autobiography of the retired Cook County Circuit Court Judge, the Honorable Michael W. Stutzy. Um, yeah, the prologue, I really like the prologue. The prologue, I like how I... Um, how you led us into the story where how you just lean back. I think all of us have done that in our lifetime where we just lean you just lean back and just think about what uh how our life got to to the point where we made that lean back and started to uh, think about what was going on. Um the child that the so the prologue was about the thirteen year old boy. I'm giving grandmother permission to get that ass every time he mess up. <laughs> you can't do that, Judge. Take me up to the Pellet court then, because I'm giving up a mission, you know. And when he found out I was from the garden, he didn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't believe that at all. Don't know judge come from the projects, he said, you know. And I let him raid my candy bowl, and then he ran out one of some for his two friends. 
Yeah, but that's the pro- prologue. And then with that kid, um, you told him that uh, if he keeps if he keeps his promise, what he did, what he what he what he told you he was going to do, that you would next time you come back, that you would take him out to lunch. Yes. Did you ever take him out to lunch? Never got a chance because when when he came back, I had been transferred to Markham to, to take care of the juvenile court out there. Okay. Okay. Um, the scripture, um, there's a scripture in here, uh, Samuel 15, uh, do you remember that scripture right now? I don't remember which one, you know, but if you look at each chapter, mm-hmm. there's a scripture to begin the chapter with. Okay. Now, now why was, now, I under, now maybe personally, but now is are those scriptures that's in there personal to you or is this? They're personal the, to the chapter to the, okay, of okay. what's happening in the chapter to uh, to come. Okay. And the scripture is to lead you into what that chapter is going to be about. You said something about um, the, did the Boy Scouts, you said the Boy Scouts have something to do with developing your work ethic. Yeah. Now, um, is it something that the Boy Scouts developed that you still use now maybe? Oh, or, yeah. or that you would like to pass on because a lot of people may not, they don't know about the Boy Scouts right now. No. The laws. A scholar is trustworthy, law, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Can we get that again? Let me get y'all to say that again. A scholar is trustworthy, law, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. And each one of those means something in terms of your life and how you do things. That was actually the first time I've heard that. And that the other voice you just heard is, 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 uh, and, and is Michael Studley. And the other is the motto of the Boy Scout. Be prepared. Yeah. The slogan, do, do, do a, a good, good turn, turn daily. daily. Mm. Okay. I like that. So uh, that leads your life on how you're going to... Um, now I haven't gotten far. Um, the first I, right now I'm in, I'm in like chapter four, but I I've scanned the book um, okay. and I've, I've I've pointed out some things that I want to talk about. Um, my first and last time in a jail cell still had one of the greatest times in our lives. I don't know what you did to go to jail, but um, would you do it again? Would, would you change what happened? Um, if you remember the times that I'm talking about, I only been to jail one time. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first and last time. Yeah. So, uh, what uh, curfew? Cur- curfew. That was it. That was it. My and, graduation night. And what in there that made you want to say this is the last time? This is it. This, I don't need this because it was so late. Normally, I have claustrophobia. Mm. I can't stand to be locked up. <laughs> so the thought of being locked up. Changed me completely. But we had went out for graduation, eighth mm-hmm. grade graduation. Mm-hmm. We went to Riverview. And when we took the train back, we got on the A train instead of the B train. So we ended up at 63rd and Halsted. You know, that was like foreign territory to us. Mm-hmm. And the police picked us up and took us in. And how long were you in for? Like a couple of hours? Two hours or so. Uh-huh. To tell that was, that was enough, huh? That, oh, was... that was more than enough for me. <laughs> I didn't think they would catch us. Right. Because it was eight of us. 
they caught five of them, and me and Maxie ran back. And then we came out trying to figure out how we get over back over to, to King Drive, which at that time was South Park. And as we were trying to get to South Park, that's when they, they got us. Mm. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so in uh, in eighth grade, uh, you were making a dollar twenty five an hour. NYC. How were you able to put clothes on layaway, making a dollar twenty five an hour? That's you, the only way I could put buy something was put it on layaway. I I couldn't pay for it. I made a dollar twenty five an hour. Mm-hmm. I was working at St. Colabanus, and I worked three hours every Saturday, so that was three seventy five. Mm-hmm. So I had to lay it away. I couldn't well, buy uh, uh, cash. It was definitely uh, from from reading it. Uh, the mindset was definitely different from from the kids growing up now. Because eighth grade, that uh, y'all definitely wasn't working. Definitely wasn't thinking about no layaway. Well, see, what it was, Henry worked at St. Calabanus. And when Henry left and went to to college, mm-hmm. I started working there. Okay. Cleaning the, the school mm-hmm. and the convent. Okay. Um, now, maybe just jump off bounce subject. Uh, I read um, how much... Was Auntie's worth? Who Auntie? Yeah, have no idea. But I could tell you this: <laughs> her husband died in the twenties. Mm-hmm. She never worked another day in her life. <laughs> I read, I read that part. Yeah. I think it was, it was, it was uh, something happened with it. it was a room, and, and and nobody knew. And I think you said nobody ever knew how much. Uh, Auntie's worth really was, but all her money was there. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she, she didn't she believe in banks. In bank. Right, right. She didn't believe banks. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking like, okay, maybe he just seen a whole stack of boxes. Mm, have no. no idea what nope. what her worth was, but she never worked another day in her life after her husband died. Um, in chapter five, uh, putting the pieces back together, um, seeing how Granny was magic with chicken. Oh my God! She, I read she broke the whole chicken down, with, with, uh, from from all the way to the back, and she would eat the back. Yeah. She would eat and the then, back, and yeah. Then, and I just start, I just started hearing about how good the back actually is. Oh yeah, I eat the back at times now. Yeah, yeah. see, uh, my yeah. friend was telling me that, but um, yeah, to hear that, uh, actually a lot of stories in there about Granny that I was reading. I'm, I'm very just makes me look at it a whole different different. She ate the backs life. and the necks. And mm-hmm. the gizzards right. and, and the livers, and we all had a piece, of, a, a piece each. Now, who was all? How many of it was y'all? It was Sandy Man, Kenneth, which is Sandy Man, Sandy Man, Henry, Guy, Collada, Pierre, me, Conway, Conway, and Linda. Linda. It was eight of us. Sandy Man got a breast. Henry got a breast. I guess Conway must have got a, a leg or a thigh. Guy got either a leg or a thigh. Collada got either a leg or a thigh. I got a wing. Pierre got a wing. And Mama got the breast. 
uh, one of the first uh, things. And Tessie. Tess. Um, one of the first things I read was uh, Sonny Man when he was eating the chicken, talking to the police, saying how good the chicken was. He was eating ribs. Eating ribs. Eating ribs, and that's when they came to try to find the gun. And he asked the police, "Do you want some?" Who got smacked? Who? A chat one one of one one y'all one of y'all guys. It was Conway. Conway. Miss Ross slept. Con- one okay. of them slept Conway. Yeah. And Granny went nuts. And Mama went Ma- crazy. She went and got her gun. The uh, the, I like how you described it. Like she was she was walking with. It was too heavy for her. It was too heavy. She was leaned over, <laughs> carrying this big German Luca. That's funny. Yeah, it makes me see Granny the whole. But I yeah, it makes you see a whole <laughs> yeah, it makes you see a whole different life. whole different life. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ch- another chapter five. Y'all lived in High Park, which was yeah. crazy to me. Um, cause so it was a whole bunch of white Chinese and Japanese, and y'all lived, played, and socialized yeah. all in that area. Yeah, fifty fifth in Dorchester, fifty four eighty three Dorchester. <laughs> so, well, how long? So, I, well, I just can't believe it was Chinese and Japanese all over there. Huh? Yeah, right next door. Believe- I just can't believe it was Chinese, Chinese and Japanese over there. Oh, yeah. The Buddhist temple was right next door. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Raybow and them stayed, Raybow stayed, stayed right stayed next right door. Stayed right next door to us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. So on another chapter, um, you said, uh, I truly came into my own and I became so indoctrinated in school that it became the focal point of my existence. Now, that was September of 1966. I think that was, was that? That was my junior year. Junior year. Junior year. Now, normally that comes around. I I got mine later, but what made school make you want it be your focal point at that time? We were so competitive. Myself, Hornsby, Maxie, we just Fed off of each other. Mm. You had to outdo the other one. And those were the people in your presidential, the uh, the class, your presidential. The, the class. The, uh, the the two pictures that I saw is in the book. Well, no, Hornsby. Uh, was he? Isn't his picture in the book? His picture is in the book. Okay, okay. But, but he was one of the uh, in the class. Maxie was one of ones in the class. Allstate or T- Lawrence T- Turner mm-hmm. was with the was my college roommate. His picture was in the book. And Cleveland Ivy, Keon's father, mm. was in there. But we was competitive in terms of trying to outdo each other. You know. But and, and still helping each other. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's like, what, no jealousy and nothing like oh, that? Oh, no. Okay. You just, uh, wherever they set the bar, you try to over, overreach it. And it's about that time that Henry... Was in college, mm-hmm. so I was beginning to think p- towards what college I was going to go to. So seeing him, so actually, see, so seeing him go or having someone go through it that you was able, like, I guess it was tangible. You, you, him and Johnny. Okay. Seeing them go to college, and that really that that showed you that it was possible. Well, so it you was, knew it was, it was possible, but that was your motivation. Okay. You know. Okay. Now I just heard a new story. I don't. I don't think I got to this. Uh, the fish hook, pops. Which so mm. <laughs> the fish hook is that in? I haven't got to that. Okay, I was a paper boy. 
And on Sundays, we sell papers. Mm-hmm. And after we sell the papers, we met over at Dennis Mitchell's house to get our pay. And me and Harry Jones, the way we sold papers, we would get our Sunday papers, mm-hmm. get on the South Suburban bus, and ride all the way downtown and back. By that time, all our papers were gone. So, so we had to wait around to get our pay and across the highway from where Mitchell lived was a pond where they fished at. And this guy threw his rod back and the oh. hook caught me on right b- below my temper. And when he pulled it, it ripped it. And I almost bled to death. Was anybody who else was uh, any family members around when that happened? No, j- just me and Harry. And and so, obviously, somebody had to rush you to the hospital. Well, at that time, or, there was no Dan Ryan. Mm. So to get to County Hospital would have taken us four hours. And Roseland Hospital up in Roseland, mm-hmm. they didn't take blacks at that time. So Dr. Jackson, who ran the dispensary, came out there and sold me up. Mm. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. Now, um, now, Pops was amazed with the uh, with the basketball. He didn't know you was you, you was trying out for the basketball team. Was that something that you saw your brother doing, and that you always wanted to emulate, or? Well, it was pr- probably I wanted to play because of guy, but also because of. Cause you, the reason why I said because they my best friends. Oh, okay. Hornsby was on the team. Maxi was on the team. He let Maxi on uh, because of his brothers mm-hmm. and stuff. But I had messed up so bad by then he didn't want to see me <laughs> in the gym or nothing else. He told me uh, the first time I kick you out, you was on your brother's time. The second time I kick you out, you're on your mother's time. The next time I kick you out, I wipe my hands on you, Sonny. <laughs> but that's amazing, too, because uh, I was telling him about the Little League, how all that, the same guy that told you all that is the one that uh, was instrumental in getting equipment for my kids and that you were – what, what what part of the, the program were you with him, with Larry Hawkins? I was assistant director. Yeah. But see, I had made up my mind after he kicked me out the last time. My senior year in high school, he came to me and said he was taking attendance. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Russell, yes. Stanley, yeah. Studley, Studley. <laughs> Son, you better get out of his class. <laughs> if you a senior... You better get in another class because you ain't going to graduate. So I said to myself, and he had all the ball players, if you fuck with Mike Studley, you're off the team. (laughs) The only one who stayed with me was Hornsby. Mm. He didn't care, you know. But the rest of them, they want no parts of Mike Studley. So I said to myself, if I ever get a chance to get back in Hawkins' grace, I won't mess up again. Mm. So it was the week before I left for graduation. 
he called me. I want to meet with you. Meet with me about what? <laughs> well, I hear you going to Northern. Mm. Yeah, you didn't get me in. I got in on my own. <laughs> so he said, I want to talk to you. He said, Studley, you have the ability, son. If you go to Northern and do a good job, I can get 20 more kids in. But he said, if you go up there and fuck up, I'm going to snatch your ass out of there. Mm. I said, shit, you ain't did nothing for me. I got this on my own. <laughs> and I went to Northern, and I went to the financial aid office mm -hmm. to thank the director for giving me the, the money I needed. And he said, Mike Studley, he said, you one of Larry Hawkins' boys, aren't you? I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, do you have enough money? I said, yeah. He said, oh, come on, you never have enough money. Here's another scholarship. Wow. Which, which was the Northern Illinois Gas Scholarship, which was a scholarship plus a summer job every year. Mm. So I took the job, and the job was outside picking weeds. Mm -hmm. And I had hay fever, and I couldn't do with that. So I called Hawkins, and he brought me back into the program. And the rest is history. Yeah, that's crazy how it works. He's what, okay, what was the name of the program? The, the special program. Yeah, that was affiliated with the University of Chicago? University of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Office of Special Programs. That's Michonne's godfather. That's, that's, that's crazy how it comes back around. Um, this is from the contents, chapter 14, 15. This will be a senior thing. Can this be real? We are winners. Now, it sounds like, so, it sounds like a lot of things was, like, you was really finding yourself in those, those chapters. Well, those are actually the name of song. Really? Can this be real? <laughs> this love I feel in my heart for you, girl. And... What's the other one? Uh, it was uh, this is a, this this will be a senior thing, and we are winners. For, we are winners. Uh, that, that's what a, was a, the impression? Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 what, Curtis Mason right. and impression. We are winners. I'm saying, I think it was like you had a uh, like it like you had a change in life, like well, like, like well, a life experience. That's the high school. Right. Right. My senior year was the best record cop I ever had in basketball. I saw I, I saw that on the side how all, yeah. uh, uh, how you had the scores yeah and, and you were part of that team I wasn't you wasn't that's when he had kicked me out uh, he, he wouldn't allow me even in the gym so you think you they'd had that record if you was on that team no no <laughs> let me tell you how they lost the game mm -hmm. we was playing Farragut and Cleveland during the during the warm up broke his ankle. Mm. And when Cleveland broke his ankle, that was it. Yeah. But that team had beat everybody in the state, had beat everybody in Indiana. They was definitely going to win the state championship. Mm. And when Cleveland broke his ankle, you, Larry Hawkins kicked his, his heels up and said, that goes my state championship. Damn. That's, that's crazy. He had a plan that if Carver had went down state that year, he was going to insist that there be two black officials on yep, the game. Yeah, yeah, remember that. Mm -hmm. At Cleveland, that time, they wouldn't allow 
any black referees down state. Yeah, yeah, but uh, can this be real? I'm trying to think who made that song. The mo, uh, I know. Uh, I used to think, the t- I used to think a kind of girl. Mm-hmm. I'm about to find out and put that on here. The time of day. Uh, uh, another story I heard this that I think people should hear. Um, the gunshot. Which one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which one? The one. Uh, I I haven't got to the part, but I was told it was. Uh, I guess you had a friend. Harry. Uh, someone got shot in the eye. That's Harry. That 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 was crazy, Harry. Now, what was that? Now, how, now tell the story about that. Well, it was it for, was really aimed at me. Because the reason why I say because it's just, I think people need to hear so because you know you got a lot of people that's going through a lot of things and. And Harry, it was me, Harry, Ricky, mm-hmm. and Ramon was together. And Daryl Davis and I had a, a beef. I had kicked his ass so bad, he didn't want to see me again. And we was coming through block eight, mm-hmm. and he shot at me and hit Harry, and hit Harry in the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry lost his eye behind that, and uh, it did, and and obviously, well, he just lost his eye, but he lived after that. Yeah, he did live. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did you even, did y'all ever meet up again after that? Was that it? Did we meet up with the, uh, with, with Daryl Davis and whoever, whoever and shot at? Brother? Oh, yeah. yes, we did. We got that ass. <laughs> is is that in the book? Oh no, oh. I, don't, I don't think that part is in the book. But but yeah, we uh. At that point, I was working the post office, mm-hmm. and when the when my bus would drive past their house, I would have to duck down so they mm-hmm. couldn't see me on the bus. But uh, that's why you know that God have a token on your life, mm-hmm. because you know most of my friends. Most of my real friends, mm-hmm. not the the friends from school or the friends from basketball, but my friends who I grew up with are either in the penitentiary or the cemetery. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. But they came to me for their protection. Mm. You know, somebody coming the block, starting stuff. They said, "We're going to get access." Nah, so I in, in the book, um, when did you think that uh so you said like order my steps. Mm-hmm. Um do you think that you found something that that's that was happening? Did you did, when did you did you think you realized that that was something happening to you in, in this time of the book before in high school that No, no, I had no idea. I didn't realize just, that until till I was grown as a judge and everything. Right. When it was brought to my attention, when I see certain things that happen in my life, it made me realize that God had already had ordered my steps. You know, mm-hmm. he had a special place for me. I didn't realize that because I kept getting in trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. But some kind of way, I always got out of it. Mm. You know, uh, and that was because he was ordering my steps. You know. 
I can definitely understand All that. All my life. I, I, I can relate to it. I can definitely relate. Um, but I'm definitely enjoying the book. Uh, I even like how you even got the book. Now, who's, who's, you said your granddaughter edited. Now, who made the book where the, the words are, the words don't look like it's, it's so, con, uh, what's the word I look for? Um, like it's just thrown onto the book. Like it's so, like it's packed on there. The words are just spread out. It's almost as if you look at the book, you can almost read this in one day. Yeah, but, but well, it's not small writing right. and everything. And it's not uh, all packed in like a normal book. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, and then you say, like I said, it's only, as this one, the early years, it's only 17 chapters. Yeah, but the, the rest of them won't be that long. Okay. Yeah, they probably be half the size of that. My college days would be probably a third of that. You know, I'm looking at all the chapters now. I'm thinking, does every chapter have... Have a what? Because I'm thinking you were saying that some of the chapters are songs. Are all the chapter songs? Name no, the no, songs? No, no, no. Just the no. one, just 14, 15, 16? Can this be real? Was, was that on purpose? That, that was on purpose? No, that, that was just a song my senior year. Can this uh, be real? Uh, this love I feel. One of the songs is probably that they were playing. I used to be yeah, the right. kind of guy who could handle almost anything well. I was pumped and little girls and things. I even can had this be my- real? Yeah, can it be real? Can this be real? Just by who? I'm gonna play it on the, I'm gonna play it when I, uh, when I, when I, when I, when I, really? when I edit all hey. this. Natural form. When Natural I, form. Cause I'll be on edit every day. Yeah, it's the autobiography. Of Mike W. Studley. What does the W stand for? We'll do. Oh, we'll do now. <laughs> no, no, William. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Homegrown in Chicago. Well, been the honorable retired judge, Michael W. Studley. Who could handle almost anything well. Great book. I was walking and falling. Where can they get this book at, huh? Where can they, is there somewhere they can get this book at? Lulu Publishing. Lulu Publishing? I'm gonna have to get that link. Oh, I, I put it on alone, there. The sound of my song. I never, never felt it this before. That's right. Hey, me, can this be real? Hey, I love have heard I this. In my heart for you. Let me go check this food up right back. I smell it. Hey, that was nice right there. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. She did a good job, man. Take you do a good job. Blunt Podcast Radio. I mean, that was a autobiography of Michael W. Stutley right there. I mean, uh, I was nervous with that interview. Um, I'm not gonna lie, man. That um, I didn't really. I don't think I really focused really that much, man. That week only had a, really a, a couple of days to go over that book. Um, I'm still actually in the process of reading that book, man. Uh, the book is very, very interesting. Makes you look at Marvel in a totally, totally different light. So I hope y'all enjoyed that interview, man. Blumford Podcast Radio. Definitely, definitely enjoyed that. Blumford Podcast Radio. <laughs>